Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We are O-Live, Season 6, Episode 1. It is the second week of September 2022. Jason, we're starting early this year. If our show was a person, it's going to kindergarten this year. <laughs> That's right. Six years Or got old. held back here. Man, don't think about five. I don't remember. That's so long ago for me. Is it five or six? I was five. No, when I was when I was five, I went Okay, to so it's first grade. Birthday. Oh, my gosh. Could be first grade depending on your birthday. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, it was a. Uh, it would have been a fall birthday. You, you and I would. So it be been in five turning six, probably. Yeah, I was young. I was a June. Yeah. You and I would have been in first grade. Eight. I was not ready. I spent a lot of time on a chair in a corner. <laughs> that's that's what I remember. Oh, uh, that's why they sent you to private school, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Kindergarten wasn't though. That was public. <laughs> <laughs> then I was on to parochial, yeah. So we, we will talk about fishing in this episode. It probably won't be ice fishing quite yet. We'll get there this season. We will. It's a little early yet. But the water is soft. The water is definitely soft. I would. There's no ice report. No. Nowhere in the belt are you going ice fishing. But but we are. We do have a topic tonight, Jay. What are we talking about? I, I think we're going to do a summer fishing recap, and we're going to talk about trolling motors. Is that what I'm remembering? Yes, you are correct. The show notes say that. Oh, uh, I should pull up. I should pull up the show notes. Show notes, Jason. It's electrifying, and and there's a little twist to the name of our our uh, topic of our podcast. Because do you know what happened this summer? No, I don't. Sandy from Greece. Okay. The actress who played Sandy from yeah. Greece. Do you know who yeah, that is? yeah. Well, she passed away this summer. Okay. The song "Electrifying" is from the movie. And that's what did you think about it? <laughs> okay, so is this too far? Is it too far off? We went. To I the, think you went. We went to the. We went somewhere I didn't expect you to go. We're into uh, pop pop culture now. Um, well, we went to the movie theater because they showed Greece oh, on. We have a drive-in movie in our town. Okay, believe it or not, we have a drive-in movie in in our town. So they showed Greece on the drive-in. And movie. so now we've linked that so, experience to our season one. Our season six, episode one, it's electrifying. Are you yes. going to play that song on the? Are you going to put some of that music in here? I'd probably kick it out for copyright reasons. Uh, there is no way <laughs> that we have that kind of budget <laughs> to buy the rights to that. Can we find a piano, a piano version, or a ukulele version, maybe? Or you could just sing it. You could just sing it, Jeff. I can guarantee you, you could sing it a lot better than I can. <laughs> I would. I can't sing, and you were in choir, so I'm still not. That's your sing job. It. Nope. <laughs> it's electrifying. Anyways, that's that's what we're calling it. So to get us out of the hole we're currently in, Jeff, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> so I am drinking from Indeed Brewing, which is one of my favorite breweries in Minneapolis. Okay. It is called the Day Tripper Pale Ale. And so it didn't have anything on the can. No description, because, you know, every good beer should have a description. Correct. So I, of course, looked it up on the web, and 
It says, Inspired by escapades near and far, large and small, Day Tripper Pale Ale is your companion in everyday adventure. Four pounds of hops per barrel give this West Coast style pale ale a heady, dank, citrus laced aroma supported by a complex and subtly sweet malt backbone. Take it along to the lake, the trail, or even backyard, and you'll be well on your way to the next good day. You always lose me on dank. (laughs) I don't never think of dank as something I wish to consume, but go ahead. Open the can. We're we're in the carpet territory, if if you don't. Clearly. The five pounds of hops per can or whatever it was. Four. Let's be four. accurate. It was four. All right. So it's good. I've had it before. It's very good. Um, you know, I've been going away from the IPAs lately. I've been really enjoying some other ones. Um, pistachio cream ale and other ones. But uh, it's good for today. So, okay. so Jason. So I, I have, I went down into the basement of my home and I found a bottle with a little dust on it. And what I'm drinking tonight is a home brew. Um, I don't remember what kind it is. My father, I think I've shared before, is into brewing beer. And so every once in a while when I see him, he brings me a box of stuff and I drink it. And that's what this, and it's really a good arrangement. So I'm going to, I'm going to open this up. Hopefully it's, it's got some fizz yet. Oh yeah. There it went. I don't know if you could hear that or not, but it'll be a good one. Tell. We'll do a little pour. Oh, it's out of a glass. Pour action yeah. for you here. Yeah, it's got a good head on it. I didn't do a very good pour here. I wouldn't make it as a bartender. I don't think I could give the advice, but not pour <laughs> the drinks. So yeah, Ooh, it looks it looks kind of red. Yeah, I think this is like a Turkey Mountain or Turkey something ale. Turkey ale. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to drink ale. With it's good. It. It's it's kind of a almost a dark, but not quite. It looks good. It looks looks like a red almost. It, yeah, it's maybe. got it's got a little bit of shoulders to it. So I I actually it's a good one. I enjoy it. It it's not dank. It is not dank. <laughs> I don't even know what dank means. Google it quick. So let let's look at the definition of dank. We're going to take another. This is going to be a show about side trips. So, um, Urban Dictionary. Yeah, sure. Dank. Disagreeably damp, musty, and typically cold. So, disagreeably damp and musty is not like the taste I would go for. Dank also means dark, sticky, gooey, and potent. A common word to describe disgusting basements and caves. Yeah. So, um, it also, yeah. But whose beer came from the basement, not mine? Apparently, dank is also a slang term used to describe something as excellent. That's dank, dude. Especially marijuana, dude. apparently. It tells you how much I'm in the culture. This is just <laughs> normal beer. No, no. Uh, well, it's not really illegal in many states anymore, but anyways. Yeah. Uh, All right, you enjoy your dankness over there. I will, I will. All right, so a big shout out to our patrons, Jason. Um, they've stuck with us all summer. Amazing. Thank you. We appreciate your support. Even though we're not recording in the summer, we still continue to actually have a lot of the same costs all year round. So um, it does help us pay for our website hosting and podcast hosting and, you know, kind of software that we use and that kind of stuff. So appreciate everybody's support. Um, we like doing this and it's it's fun. So thanks for helping us keep on going. 
And we will have still have some benefits to our um, patrons too as the year goes on, you know, that we had like we did last year. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do uh, you want to cover show business, Jason? Yeah, let me let me uh, get down to there because I remember what it was. Oh, we're going to do some Amazon affiliate link, links, I think, this year to keep trying to pay the bills. Um, gear, hardwatershow.com backslash merch. It's on our website. Um, we're going to be on, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Our website, hardwatershow.com. We do have YouTube. You can email us, hardwatershow at Gmail. I'm back to checking the email again, occasionally. Mm-hmm. So that's picking up. Jeff, you got a new one that you put on here, Linktree something yeah so link link tree and um i think we have a tiktok too that we either we have one or we need to recreate one but um i saw this on tiktok so it's called link tree they use it on tiktok because you don't get a lot of space to put your all your links so um i'll put it on the website but basically it's just a link to get to all of our links a, a link right? for links okay it's a, so it's like it's a phone a book tree. it's like a phone book yeah so okay. Instead of going, what was that Instagram handle for the Hardwater Show? You can go to Linktree, and it has Facebook, Instagram, the website, our merch. You know, it's just a Linktree. Okay. I also wanted to give a quick shout-out on Fish Donkey. Um, One of the organizations I volunteer with, Des Moines Soapbox Derby, is attempting a fundraiser fishing fishing tournament fundraiser, fundraiser fishing tournament. We're doing a fishing tournament on Fish Donkey to raise money for the organization. There we go. And um, so if you've got some time, it runs through the end of the month, feel free to join. And we're just doing cash prizes. So splitting it up amongst um, people that participate. Um, and there is a um, wild card, so you don't even have to catch big fish to win. Jeff, this is I thought of you specifically. A random drawing. So if, you, if you're so inclined, feel free to join that. We'd love to have you. We have no fact checks, Jeff, because we haven't, we haven't dropped any facts yet. <laughs> this season i know exactly that's good that's good it's hard to be wrong when you haven't said anything yet sometimes i manage it though (laughs) yeah um there was so speaking of email and stuff there was one email that we got late last year that missed a show and it was from uh john who responded to something we talked about he was from pulaski new york oh yeah I've been there. Yeah, and that's why he responded. So uh, he fishes typically on Oneida Lake in New York. So okay. he sent some really nice pictures of some some perch and some walleyes, like nice ones on the ice. So Very cool. Well, thanks for sending that in last year. Or this year. I suppose it was this year, but this season. It was March 3rd, so I think we had been done yeah. recording. But it was still like he was still catching up, so... Yeah, so appreciate the support, John, and the email. And so, do we have a fishing report? I mean, I guess I do. I've been out fishing a little bit. How about yeah, you? I've I've done some fishing. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, you you kick us off. Oh well, like most recent. You want me to like start the most recent? Yeah, let's talk about the summer because like let's talk about recent, but we'll okay. work out like. So you want me to go back? So like? let me let me think backwards here. So I've been. Fish, I fished on the river here by my house a couple of times, several times. I've fished the Mississippi this summer. I've been up to the Boundary Waters and fished that. And I've been up by the Walker Hackensack area, and I fished that for a week this summer as well. So I've gotten out, which is good. And I don't always get out that much in the summer, so it's, things are looking up in the world. 
I don't know. Most people probably know what the boundary waters are, but probably not true, everybody. True, true. So, so what are the boundary waters? Boundary water uh, canoe area is uh, a wilderness on the north edge of Minnesota and the south side of Canada. And so it's a permit-only area, and you um, portage your canoe on top of your head and pack your stuff in, and you travel into that wilderness area, and there's designated campsites, but they're not reservable. So there's so many sites and so many permits um, given at any entry point at any given time. And I, I don't know how many entry points there are. There's over 30 entry points into this area. Um, and each entry point has a specific number of permits they allow per day. So we went in um, to Moose River and ultimately paddled our way down to Bald Eagle Lake, um, which was pretty cool. As we got into Bald Eagle Lake, we saw three bald eagles. So it was Ooh, aptly cool. named. Got a really nice campsite. Um we were only there about a day and a half for fishing, and the fish were snapping. They were, um, we had brought worms and we're doing uh, Lindy rigs. So this was uh, second week in August, just to kind of give a timeline. Second week in August. And uh, we'd start off with Lindy rigs and worms, and that was picking up some walleyes. Not a lot, just kind of slow, northern, here and there. So then I switched to a Rapala, a Flicker Shad, number seven, or seven, whatever it's called. And it's a silver kind of a deeper diving rapala, and man, they love that thing. They wore the paint off of it about half a day. Um, caught multiple walleyes, northern, and some really nice smallmouth. So it was it was the best fishing I've had with a rapala in a long, long time, which was great because it's like awesome. super easy, especially when you're paddling and trolling in a canoe. You know, so I'm trolling along, and you don't with a rapala, you just set it in front of you, and they slam it. And you try not to lose your rod over the side of the boat. So yeah, it was good. So, so why didn't you bring your motor? I mean, was it broken? You can't. Why, oh why yeah, good just... question. So the Boundary Waters <laughs> canoe area, the, it's motor, it's non-motorized, so you cannot bring a motor, trolling motor, boat motor. Uh, it's canoes, paddles, that kind of a thing. Um, human powered. Human powered. Right? You can't of... run a sail, even I think legally. Um, so yeah, you're but no electric, no electric either, nothing. Right? Yeah. yeah. So we, we did our, when we did our winter trip, Jeff, that was in the boundary waters. And, and so that's why everything was a hand auger when we did that trip. Cause you can't even bring like a yep. drill to drill a hole with an auger in the winter. So yeah, it was a great trip. Um, one of the kids, uh, I went with my son and two of his buddies. One of the kids knew like all the star stuff, like stars, like where they're okay. at, who they are yeah. and what the deal is with them. And so that was pretty cool because he could, at night, he could say, well, this is, the, I don't remember any of it, of course, but he could point out different things. And um, the uh, there was a meteor shower going on, so we got to see quite a few cool. meteors. And, and it was a really, it was really a good trip. Ate some fish tacos and um, caught some fish in the river on the way down, too, and the way back up to the lake. Cool. Mosquitoes were horrid. Ooh, that's hard. See, that's a benefit to ice so, fishing. So, yeah, yeah like, you don't... You don't get We have never had to do a bug report ice fishing, <laughs> which is good. Yep. Um, they were they were the worst I've seen them in 20-some years of going up there. Um, wow. In, in the mornings, Oof. you know, usually you just have that witching hour in the evening. Yeah. This was in the morning, too. And then started about mm -hmm. 5 o'clock, the wind died. You just had to wear a head net, and you had to wear long sleeves. And then they were fine. But uh, Sure. I got a neat video of my kid. They, he didn't have his head net on quite right, so they got in there with him. <laughs> oh, we have video. We have YouTube. Jason. I could, I could put that. You know, I could put that video on YouTube. Yes, I will do that. I will upload that to YouTube because it's it's kind of funny. 
it's pretty funny. That's that's awesome. So he doesn't listen to the show, you know, because he's my kid, and it's not on YouTube or, or uh, you know, if it was, if, it actually yeah, is no, but YouTube, if it was a it's not if cool it was a three enough. minute clip, he'd probably watch it. But listen to me ramble yes. for an hour. He got plenty of that in his childhood. <laughs> probably doesn't want to do it again. Yeah. So that exactly. I'll, that was my trip. So then we'll kick it over to you to tell those stories. Otherwise, it's just too much of me rambling on. Too much. Too of much you of me. Yeah, and it was great, man. It was great. But the Rapala was yeah. the key. Um, and they were all well, that's awesome. God, depth was about twelve feet. Okay. You know, so I'm always surprised by that. You know, I'm always surprised yeah. how. You know, the common knowledge in a lot of people is if it gets warm, go deep. But I would say that midsummer August type timeline, I've caught more fish in ten to ten to fourteen, or eight to fourteen feet, um, than I've ever caught you know, in 25, 30 feet of water. And this lake was a, somewhat of a shallower lake too, so that could have been it. But I found that on other lakes too. Yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, that goes to every lake is different, right? I mean, you're in the boundary waters. So I think one of the factors there is going to be fishing pressure, right? As you said, they limit how many people get in there and you can't bring boats. You, I mean, you brought worms, but... You know your live bait options are pretty slim. Yeah, we've done you've done leeches, done leech. You can't. It's um, minnows don't even have a will to live when it's that warm. I think I think a big part of it is the rocks. So you find those just they're just lumpy areas. You know they've got a lot of boulders, a lot of nooks, a lot of crannies. You know, and then I think that casts a shadow. So when you get yep. you know the walleyes love that. They love those rocky points and those those yep. drop offs and the edges of all that stuff where they just get in there and and then i think too um when you're fishing out of a canoe um your speed is so slow compared to what you would normally even do at the lowest point in a boat you're just crawling along so you know i don't i don't have a speedometer on my canoe and my fish finder doesn't have that so um i just have a real basic thing i bring up but I, you just lick your finger and point it in the air and go. This feels like point nine yeah, miles per hour. Yeah, I just to me. <laughs> well, I just watch that line, you know, if that. Yeah. Especially with the Lindy, I just always want that line just a little bit, like at a forty-five degree angle tap, from the canoe. Tap, tap, tap. Yep, yep. That's that's the tap, 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 man. That's what you're looking for. Now with a Lindy, you just or with a Rapala, you just paddle along and keep it moving and watch the action on the edge of the rod, you know. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Well, I think two up there a factor. Um, it is, I mean, if you think about like where, I'll call it Twin Cities area or metro area here, um, even to Mille Lacs, um, it's a very different lake up there that you're fishing up in Boundary Waters. Like you said, it's they're usually deep, like very deep. Not all the time. You said that one. It's not. Deep, but they're usually no. deeper. It's very rocky. Like it's not muddy typically. A lot of the lakes up there, right? You're talking big yeah. rocks. Yep. That kind of like... It's very glacier almost more. Yeah. It really, it's really very different than fishing like Malax or Red even, or even like Lake of the Woods, right? Like even though that's on the border too, they're different. Uh, the boundary waters are very, very bouldery and rocky and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, so. it's it's a lot of fun though. I mean, it it yeah. to me it should be on everybody's bucket list to to try it at least once and and to just experience the um, the quietness of it. It's pretty amazing how quiet it is up there. You know, and you don't have any artificial light. Um, you know, so it's the stars, you'll never see anything like it. Um, you know, if you don't get out of the city far, far away from civilization. 
just don't let your buddies tell you about the stories and be like, you should come. Last time we almost died. Yeah, but we didn't. <laughs> so the point is we didn't die. <laughs> but like, that was always how we sound like, you wouldn't believe it. We almost died. We're a little, you Are know, you coming you're a little time? dramatic. We're a little dramatic. I, I think the older you get, the less dramatic you get because you get a wider range yeah. of experiences in your life. And where you think you almost died, you really didn't. It was just a close call. <laughs> now it's more about, well, I hope the heart doesn't go. <laughs> yeah, up there, you don't have much of a choice. No, nope. I guess the one thing, I haven't been out fishing very much. Um, I get pretty busy in the summer. Not that you're not busy, but you get out a little more than me. Um, although I had a recent fishing report I'll talk about. We were out a couple weeks ago. So we were out in Mille Lacs fishing the flats, which means just kind of like shallower spots in the middle of the big spots. Yep. Mille Lacs is just kind of a big open basin, right? But there's there's spots in the lake where it'll come up to 12 feet from 20 feet. It doesn't really get much deeper than 33 or so feet. I don't know what the max depth of it is. But. So in the middle of summer, to your point, you fish this like you traditionally fish walleye. You would go deep, right? What's working out there right now on Mille Lacs is bobber fishing on the flats, right? Just a leech and a bobber. It seems less, probably the least sexy way to fish for, for walleyes, but you know, it, it is what it is. So that's, that's how you catch them. So we caught a couple out there, um, nothing big. Um, actually Noah caught, it would have been great for your fishing contest. I think it was three inch, four inch walleye. I mean, it was one of the smallest walleyes I've ever seen. Oh, nice. Yeah, you should have registered that. I w it wouldn't have surprised me coming from you. I mean, the hook, um, the, you know, like the hook, it, it was, I'm surprised it could bite on the hook, but it did. So, um, and then I caught, I think it was a 15 when we were out there um, for a couple hours. So it wasn't bad for a August evening, you know, mm -hmm. it was cool. Nice nights, dead flat water, just hanging out in the flats, bobber fishing, listening to the Twins game. Cool. I mean, pretty nice day, right? And then, so this is the good part of the story. So then the next day we had planned on going to, there's another lake near it because, um, you know, sometimes Blacks has a lot of restrictions and other lakes have a lot of restrictions too. We didn't keep any fish, but um, we wanted to maybe catch some panfish, right? And sure. I honestly don't know how to fish panfish on Blacks. I've seen people catch them. I've never seen one. They're not really on my end of the lake and with my... 40 horse motor and boat to drive across the whole lake will take me like a very long time. Just I mean, bring a sandwich and give her a heck. It goes about 25 or 26 and it takes me a half an hour to drive up the lake at 60. So I don't know what the math is there, but it'd take me a bring long a time to get <laughs> a little 40 horse would be cruising. We're out trolling and so all of a sudden, you know, you always dream of this, right? That your children want to do the things that you want to do. Most of my life, I have three kids, have shown zero interest in fishing. Like, they will tolerate being in the boat for a couple hours because it's fun to be in the boat, right? But like actual fishing, not much interest. So suddenly my youngest is way into fishing. That's like, awesome. Like a light That's switch. That's awesome. Like it just turned on. He's like, he wants to fish. I want to fish. I want to fish. So I'm like, super great. He wants to catch pike. Okay. Right? He's like, Dad, I want to catch big it's pike. It's not rocket. This though. is one of the reasons. Yeah, so this is one of the reasons we went off of Malax. I know there's big pike in Malax, but I, I mean, remember we're not experts at everything. 
I haven't been very successful at catching anything but walleyes and smallmouth out of Mille Lacs. Just haven't. I want to back you up a minute on something you just said. You said we're not experts on everything. What exactly are we experts on? <laughs> um, <laughs> I am good at picking out funky beers. For okay, the I, I'm, I mean, I will give you that. Yes, that's an expert skill that I have. Um, you're good at buying gas station beers. So far, I'm good at not I mean, dying. I'm going to take that. That's that's <laughs> so far. Dying. I have been able not to die. But we haven't mentioned fishing, right? We haven't said we're good never. at fishing I have or never, related to fishing. I, my head is full of useless facts. I will say that. <laughs> All right. So so uh, anyway, so we go to this other lake because we want to catch pike. I don't exactly know how to catch pike on, on Mille Lacs. Now, the world record uh, muskie came out of the lake, mm-hmm. and I know there's big pike in that lake, but it's a big lake, and I wanted to try a different lake because I... He doesn't care if it's a snot rocket or a 40-incher. We want to catch pike, right? And there's this lake, and it has that super awesome pike structure, right? Reeds all around it. You can just troll, right? You just... Because when I fish for pike, I don't know how you fish for pike. Well, I know how you fish for pike because we fish for pike together. You you uh, you troll I, with the main motor, even though we're talking about electric motors today. Um, the main motor, right? So I just put on the main, my 40-horse... We troll how we've learned to troll, right, Jason? You and I have trolled a lot together. Yes, we have. And and how do we usually do we that? We put spoons on and we troll in circles. And we use which motor? We use the big motor. Not the small motor, not the trolling motor. And I could. Not the troll, because we didn't have such things. But and, and you could, right? Like, there's nothing... St- oh, absolutely you could. There's nothing stopping me from using my bow mount, but... It just seems right to use the big motor yeah. the, versus the trolling motor. I put on the, the Honda 40, and it trolls down pretty nice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like to troll at like 0.9, but for Pike, I'm usually trolling... One, one and a half, two. Oh, I was, do, I was doing almost three. Three, you can do three. So, I've done walleyes at yeah. three and a half. So I was doing three. That My goal was like 2.9 or three, okay. right? So we're trolling 2.93. It's a weedy lake. I'm trying to get sneak as close to the weed edge as I can, okay. which means I want that spoon yeah. to scoop over the top. Yeah. And I'm using our, we use these all the time. Those, um, what are those spoons that we used to use all the time? They were called, they're like lipped. Oh my gosh, I'm blinking. What are they called right now? Lazy Ike? Uh, yes, exactly. So I'm using a Lazy Ike. I don't Ike. know how I got I'm that. Lazy Ike. <laughs> yeah. We used to use, but well, we, like, that's I, what we I, use. I we, we use Lazy Ike. I made a, that, that, yeah, we use that's what my Ikes, grandpa used. Like a, it was a. It's like a wave. If you think of a daredevil, it's like a. It's a lazy Ike. teardrop, yeah. right? But a lazy Ike has a bend in it, and it makes the wobbling. Action yeah, mimics a wounded easier. bait fish. There you go. That's so we're mimicking wounded bait fish, trolling for pike, and I caught a nineteen-inch walleye at three miles an hour in like eight it feet of water. Just show, so it shows you what we know. <laughs> I mean, so I've done that um, on night fishing on Ten Mile Lake. Years ago, mm-hmm. at night, it, you'd throw on a, a big stinking rapala and you'd troll about three and a half mile an hour, and you could barely hang on to the pole. And the way you knew you had a fish is the pole bent less, um, but just fast, just cruising by. And I think they just get mad and eat it. Yeah, and I'm I'm doing the big motor, so you know there's all this like, oh, your motor's noisy, and which I'm sure it is, and it still doesn't matter. So 
And I got all excited. I handed Noah the rod. I'm like, Noah, you're going to catch a pike. And I'm like, oh, it's a walleye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got more pike tactics than that, Jeff. I, I think, um, you know, I probably adapted over the years to a few new ones. Um, you know, yeah. especially if you've got a weed bed to play with. So anyways, we, that was my fishing report. Uh, flats on Malax with leeches and bobbers. I mean, if you read anything, that's what they're going to tell you, too. It's no big secret, right? And lazy ikes for when you're trying to catch pike but want to catch walleyes. So I, th- <laughs> so. I think the one I'll, I'll share next, Jeff, is, um, and this will go to the story at the end of the show, but I was fishing up on vacation this year. And the lake I was on was not really a walleye lake. It was a northern, a bass, and a pan, a crappie lake. And I've, I gotta admit, I have never actually targeted crappies open water, because I'm always fishing walleyes. I've never wow. like, targeted them. So here I am on a lake with really a very small walleye population. And I did find one, by the way. It took me a week, but I found a walleye. Found where he lived, <laughs> and I ate it too. So maybe there's none in there anymore, but I found one and I ate him. So I had to find crappies. There was a couple old duffers on the lake fishing and they were there every day. They were nice enough to talk to me about how they were doing it. Of course, every morning, you know, for the first couple of mornings I come in, they're like, how'd you do? I'm like, nah, I didn't catch anything. They're like, you know, they've got a half a limit or a whole limit. (laughs) Of course. So they were great, great people. Um, first, you know, we've met some such great people ice fishing, and this these people were great open water. And and literally, the like the third day, they're like, you need to get closer to our boat. Like, who says that? You need to get closer to me. You're not in the right <laughs> Said spot. Said no fishermen ever. Yeah, Said just no great people. Yeah. Show me what, li- you know, so I'm just, you know, I'm going to copy everything. So I ended up getting the right lure. But but here here's why I go, number one, just to show my ignorance, number two, so the, the spot we found these crappies, or where these crappies were, was a spot I never would have looked. So this was a typical bowl lake, and it had a ridge yep. where it came up shallow. Well, there was a particular spot, the lake, and this where the lake came up, but then went back down and then came back up. So it was like a hole okay. in a shallow next to a hole. Okay, and not like a lot, like just two feet difference. You know, I never would have thought, okay, this is where the, you know, because the lake had 60 feet of water in it. So you sure. think in the middle of summer, where would you go look for crappies? Deep hole, Suspended. right? Yep. Nope. Mm-mm. They were in 10 feet of water in a eight feet, eight foot flat. Huh. <laughs> you know, spot, on the spot, spot on the spot. Never, never would have, uh, never would have thought to look, look there. So um, certainly learned. And just jigging, just throwing a little jig, jigging it back. Sure. You know, and this always blows my mind. No bait, no worm. No, no bait? No wow. minnow, plastic? just a little plastic. Okay, plastic. A little plastic, okay. yeah, a little jig with a black plastic, uh, yellow jig head and a black black tail on it. That's what they wanted. Huh. And eight crappies. Wow. Went with my one walleye. Do you, do you think anybody ever describes us as old duffers? These, you know, I had a lot of fun on this I, that trip. So there was another guy. It was just a really friendly crowd on this lake. And so I'm yeah. cruising along in my old Alumacraft, and this guy swings by, and I was just fishing. He goes, nice, old Alumacraft. And I'm like, yeah, dude. And didn't realize, I was like so 
taken aback by the interaction. I didn't notice he also had a nice old Alumacraft. Oh. So then it's a small <laughs> lake. So every time I'd, like, a couple, several times that week, every time he would slow down, I'd, I'd whip, wing by him, I'd slow down, I'd turn the motor off, I'd wave, and go, nice boat! And then I'd take off and go again. It sounds like solid dad joke territory was, to me. It was. It was. A, it was a, a ni- nice people, really nice people. So for a not having a fishing report, we talked about fishing for at least 10 minutes. I, so you know, good. and that always, it, it takes <laughs> me back to, I, if I'm not catching fish, I'm talking to people. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Show me. Yep. I will watch you. And if I can tie yes. up to your boat, I will. Or drill a hole next to where yes. you're standing because... Yes. Um, you know, even at our advanced age, which really isn't that old, but we've got, there's so much to learn and every lake is specific. It's oh. just fun. It never ends. The fish are always there, right? Because yeah. I would have gone out and said, the fish are not biting this morning. And the guy next to me has got a limit. Yep, you know? exactly. And so exactly. that's what keeps me out there all day. Because I'll find mm-hmm. them. <laughs> just keep working. For sure. All right, so um, awesome fishing report. Hopefully that helps somebody somewhere. (laughs) And uh, gear, I have one gear update, Jason. Give it to us. All right, so I, and I've covered this before, I had the Frable Magnum Bait Cooler because you have the Ingle Cooler. I do. And I have the Frable Magnum Bait Cooler, which is certainly Magnum. (laughs) It's very big. But I use it in the summer. So many winter, jokes but... I want to make right now, but I'm just going <laughs> to let them slide on by. <laughs> the Magnum bit cooler, yes. Uh, <laughs> so when I take the Magnum out. <laughs> it's the only thing Magnum about you, but go on. It's, that's <laughs> what it's called, the Frable Magnum bait cooler. So last year, I had the Frable Magnum bait cooler. Now it's a commercial. <laughs> We're going to put this on the affiliate links as you've said it 85 times. I know, like, I, I we do not get sponsored by Nobody. these guys at all. But I put it in the back of my truck, and it was, you know, like normal. It was cold, right? And I leave the... So these things can get stinky, right? You kind of warned me about this. It's got a net You've got to do some maintenance. Yeah, you got to clean them out. And put, the net in the, in yeah, put the net in the dishwasher when your wife's not around. Yeah, that I haven't done. Note that to Aaron. I have not done the put that in the. In the That's not what you told me. But go on. Machine. When I did not put it in there, um, I usually leave. I rinse it out good, and I leave the top open, right, so it can air out, right. So it just sits around. Um, and I usually put the there's two plastic latches, and I use one of the latches to kind of wedge in the middle, so the top doesn't close, so it airs out. So it was like twenty below or something, and I put it in the back of the truck, and of course, you know, those pla- they're plastic. I shattered them like glass and they just, you know, they blew up. So I was kind of sad because these things are like, they're not cheap. They're not cheap and it still worked except the water leaked all over the place, which kind of sucks. I emailed them and said, Hey, you know, it kind of sucks. This broke. Can you get new ones or what do you do? Well, they sent me new ones. They sent me new ones. They were actually replaceable. They had two screws in them. I mean, crazy. They break, but you can get new ones. Um, and they didn't charge me for them. They just sent them to me. It took quite a long time. But you got them. I mean. But I got them. I put them in there. Now it works good as new. So I just wanted to call out that Freeble. Stood behind their product. I mean, sent you. Yeah. And that's, I mean, things break, uh, especially in the conditions we use them. So that's really nice that they yeah. stood behind it. 
You have to take back all the and, bad things you said about him. Yeah, I know. I, I never said anything bad, but I, I do really like it. I use it in the summer, too, because yeah. even though I have a live well, I can bring that into the bait shop. They dump some water in there. They put them in there, and you can run them back and forth. You don't have to deal with bags, and, you know, you don't have to worry about, like, they're very, these days with all the lake water and stuff, it keeps it separate. Yeah. It's in the cooler. You're not transporting that water around, so it's, I like it. I still use the old-fashioned minnow bucket when I'm on vacation for a week. Yeah, that works great when you're at yeah. the lake and you can dunk them in. Well, but, I use a rock know. and I always sink them. Do you ever do that? Or do you just let them fry at the no, top? No. Yeah, uh, that's the way to do it. Do the same thing with the leech uh, bucket. So you take and you put a, a rock in the uh, bottom and then you chuck it off yeah. the dock so it gets down about five feet of water because the water's okay. cooler and so then your minnows don't croak. Yeah. And that works really good if you're on one lake, but man. Yeah, when you're moving from lake to lake. Not a good pet. Or <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, you can't because so. you got to kill them. You can't transport lake water. Yeah, so so that's the nice thing about the this. I can keep them in my cooler with water that's not from the lake, and you don't have to worry about transporting them. So, anyways, that's my one gear cool. thing. Um, I wish the gear thing. I wish I was talking about was getting a new snow dog, but that's not under the list. So mm, didn't get the allocation for that yet this year, huh? <sighs> I don't know. This year might be tough. Uh, maybe next year. That's what we'll. Uh, it'll it'll be a, it will not be, and mine will. If I ever get one, it will not be that either. It'll be a non-planned, spur of the moment purchase. Yeah. When yes, you're like, yes. you happen to have a little bit of money in your pocket, and there happens to be one there, and you're like, now is the time. Yes. I know. I saw I used one, the home built one, for six hundred bucks, and I'm like, there's oh, guys. I've been following that. that market. There is some guys out there that are building them, kind of on the side, which is great, mm-hmm. and and they're running about twelve hundred to fifteen hundred bucks, okay. which isn't okay. Terrible. No. It's it's if you can get sub one thousand, you can sometimes sneak it out of the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If, if you the new ones now are. Close, they're getting upwards of, and that—that's just a whole so, other. That's a chunk to just say, "Hey, yeah. honey, do you mind if I sneak this out of the savings account?" Yeah, spend four thousand dollars on a lawnmower with a track on it. No, yeah, <laughs> they're more but, than that. They're more than that. They're very yeah. Cool. They are cool, um, but I, I also worry about my age. I've seen people bounce around in those things in the sled before and gone. I don't know if I wanted. To I know. Do you think you, we missed the window on these? We might have. I mean, I don't know. But I see... I see. You don't uh, have to go 80 in them. Yeah, they don't go 80. But, you know, but it but feels yeah, like 80 when you're sitting on yeah. a folding chair in the back of a sled. Yeah. <laughs> driving, a, driving a lawnmower engine <laughs> thing. I think they're a little bigger than lawnmower engines. But. So that's... that. I'm just speculating on gear now. That has nothing to do with any experience I have. All right. But we do want to talk about... I guess our topic is kind of gear too. It's electrifying. Uh, we're going to talk about bow mount trolling motors, not grease the yeah. bow mount trolling yep. motors. Um, so, Jason, you got a new one this year, right? So I have to, yeah, I gave Jeff a really hard time when he bought his. Um, do you remember that? It's it yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah. well encased in in history. I, I, I spent I overspent over, on my summer. overspent your summer fishing and underallocated your yes. winter fishing. Yes. So I did the same, but I did not, for the record, did not buy a new one. I bought a used one at a pretty significant discount. And so I bought a Tarova iPilot um, trolling motor this year. And, you know, if you can figure out how to afford one for summer fishing, although I would still make sure your winter fishing gear is up to par, yes. um, 
it certainly made it. Where was this stuff when I had little kids? I mean, it 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 was pretty nice. It what was it was relaxing to to run it, mm-hmm. you know, because you could just point it in a direction, hit the heading button, and it would take off, nope. um, and just go the way you wanted it to go, and you could dial it um, back. You know, a lot has been made of the link where you you add the um, the trolling motor for, for the the Minn Kota's, yep. the hummingbird, and you link them together, and it follows contours. And yep. you know, I thought a lot about that. And the trouble is, is I don't have the appropriate fish finder for that because I've just got a little Helix yes. Five in the boat. And then by the time I bought the new link and a, a, a fish finder, I mean, we were talking more than I, I spent on some of my cars. It just really gets expensive. Would have been in the what three, three to four thousand dollar range probably to get all that. Oh done. yeah, yeah. I think that's about right for for en- I would say for, for entry, entry level, level, you can spend you can spend yeah, more. But just to entry, get, that's like just to buying a, a nine, like a Helix nine, and and the chip and the fish finder and and the the trolling motor and then the batteries and because I didn't have any trolling motor in my boat previously, so I had to go from zero. Oh, I wasn't counting. Yeah. The oh my I gosh. The and then wiring the because I had none of I had nothing, so yes. I had to go from zero to this. So you know you have to you got to wire it. You got to buy new batteries. You got to buy the mount and the boxes for the batteries and a charger. So I did it on the cheap, as cheap as I could do. I bought a used one, and I paid about eight hundred yep. bucks for that. And it's it's an older model. It's like a fifteen, I think. But sure. it worked worked yep. perfect. Has the remote and had the um, foot pedal. Um, yep. And then bought two batteries from Menards. Bought the twenty seven sure. series trolling motor um, battery. They're yep. one hundred eighty amp um, reserve amp on those. They're one hundred nine dollars. Yep. So paid for a pair of those from Menards. Got the eleven cent eleven percent rebate too. Yeah, they, so they weren't even hundred. Yeah, well, so just about so you know about, so that. You know, a lot of people yeah. you spend more than that. They go to the AGMs, or now they're everybody's doing the lithium. But um, oh, I'm yeah, fishing. That's, like, that's a whole. You know, just to give people an idea of what I'm using. So it was a, yeah. it's a 24 volt boat, 20 or 24 volt trolling motor, the 80 pound thrust yep. one. Um, I have a 16 foot Alumacraft Lunker from the 80s with a 40 Merc on it. So not a yep. big boat, um, and it's certainly my ba- the batteries would last me all day. Um, by the end of the day, I had to go from like, if I was fishing at a three, I had to go to a four, you know, I had to kick it up just a little bit at the end of the day, but you know, it's still fished all day. So, and I used it like all day. So I'm just trolling along and just happy as a clam with that thing. Didn't use a anchor for a week. Yeah. Boy, is that nice. Holy cow. I don't use an anchor. Yeah. That, that I mean, is nice. I guess if I ran out of juice, I would use yeah, an anchor, but, but I have to run but, out of battery before I But that is anchor. nice. I would say they work better with a little bit of wind than they do in the calm. Sure. It, it seems to hold, okay. with the older one at least, it seems, because it wants to move, you know, so if it's kind of moving and it's getting a little pushback from the wind, then it seems to hold you really well. If, oh. if it's dead calm, then it kind of drifts a little, and then it moves, and then in, sure. because it's so calm, the boat moves further than it wants, so then it... Yeah. it fights itself hmm. so dead calm um works less well than with a little bit of current in the river or a little bit of wind but man oh, no i mean we have sim- we actually have very similar summer fishing setups right i mean they're really they are close. i mean there's not a big difference between what i've got and what you've got except overall. except my yeah i've got a two-stroke merc 
Yeah, mine is a four-store condo, which I will admit is very nice. But, um, but you know, it's not new. It's 2000. I mean, it's 22 years old, but it sips gas and works great. Yeah. No, I like I like my rig. That thing will run 30 mile an hour yeah. with me and another person in it. Yeah, mine won't go that you fast. Know, so, but that's just a whole design yeah, different too. Yeah, mine won't go quite that fast. We're talking 26. Okay, so back to trolling water. So I think a couple of things you mentioned that made me think about it. Um, one, you talked new versus used. I mean, you can find used ones out there, and I think your mileage will vary with that, oh, right? You found yeah. good ones. A lot of, a very, very nervous until that thing was in the water and working. Because what are you yeah. going to do? Go find the random guy you bought it from on Facebook and yell at him, which I would have done. But yeah. I didn't have but, to, which is but, nice. <laughs> I guess if you had a trusted friend, but beyond that, Facebook Marketplace or something, I mean, I think you're going to probably do okay, but it is a risk. Absolutely. Right? I mean, not even the warranty part, just that you would buy something that didn't work, right? It's not like it doesn't have a warranty. That's probably not some of that. So, deal, one thing I did do, and, and mileage will vary on this, is before I bought it, I looked at the model number, I went to Minkota, I looked around what is available for parts. Can I uh, get a sure. remote? Can I rebuild the motor if I need to? Can I get parts and I could for this particular model yet and so I felt better that okay here's my downside if I get it and there's water intrusion in the lower can I get a rebuild kit and I could so you know okay it still suck but it's not a complete boat anchor yeah right so um, a couple of things I know so one thing that we have different um, so I bought a 12 volt um, and you have a 24 correct so the the biggest difference in there, and I used to think like, so mine's 55 and yours is 80 foot pounds. The foot pounds doesn't matter. Our boats are, I mean, power wise, it wouldn't really matter. I remember I saw on YouTube, um, they raced a 55 versus an 80. The difference in speed was, you could barely tell. It's, it's really not about the power they give. It's about how long they can last. So like- And I, I um, generally outlast you. <laughs> So, so a 12 volt will, a 24 volt will go more than double than a 12 volt. I, I am not an electrician, yeah. but you will, you will be able to last longer with a 24 volt than a 12 volt, right? I mean, it's just how it works and not just double, but like over yep. double. So, so that is the biggest thing I think. Um, for me, there's two reasons why I went with a 12. One was cost because the 24 volts just cost mm-hmm. more. Um, and the other thing is I would have had to modify my boat to get two batteries in the front. Like it's not that I couldn't have, I just would have had to do further modifications to fit two 12 volt batteries in the front of the boat, right? Or I would have had to run big wires all the way to the back of my boat or yeah. something like that, right? Um, and so it's just a consideration. It's not, this, I could have done it, but um, it was one other reason. And then, so that's probably the biggest thing. Right? And I had, but, on my boat, uh, my, it was my father-in-law's boat. I bought it from my mother-in-law. And when they rebuilt it, they had two, uh, this, there was a center, um, they had two side compartments, but then they kind of brought those out in the towards the front of the boat. And so they actually there's sure. two good spots centered okay. just behind the bow seat to put those batteries. So I knew right. I could fit two batteries. And then you have to right. buy the wiring. The charger was another thing. I'm trying something, we'll see if I get by, but I found this charger on eBay, or on Amazon, that yeah. some yeah. Chinese thing, but what the heck, it 
it charges anything that it senses from zero to 36 volts. So it'll oh. charge 24 volts at 24 volts. Okay. So I cut the end off of it and I put a plug on it, the same as my trolling motor. And so I sure. unplug the trolling motor and I plug the charger in and it back feeds and charges the batteries. And so far, so huh. good. I couldn't huh. find, I couldn't think of any electrical reason why it wouldn't work. And I've, I've sure. charged them and I've then tested both batteries independently and they both test charged. So it seems to be working. And it was $35 compared to a Minn Kota, you know, dual, dual bank charger that's a hundred and some bucks. So I'm going to see what, see what happens. So, so note we are not licensed or boat riggers None. or anything no, like that. No, because for wire, so I, you know, I'm always about how can I do this cheaper? Um, yep. And so for wiring, guess what I use for wiring? You'll like this. Jumper I did. Cables. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't do it. I did jumper. I bought a good set of jumper cables for 20 bucks with six gauge wire. They were 15 feet, 15 feet of wire, which is more than what I needed. And I cut the ends off them bad boys and rigged the boat. And I kept checking them for the whole week I was using it. And I didn't have any, any issues that I can tell. Yeah, I, I rigged my own too. And I bought just some wire. It's expensive. It's cheaper to buy the jumper cables, but I just and um, I was only running that wire five feet at most on both sides to where I connected them in the front. So I wasn't running the wire, you know, fifteen feet either. So, but no rigging is a we could cover that a whole other thing because that was a lot of work, miserable. Um, Yeah, it's not fun because boats aren't meant to wire. I have (laughs) and I have no patience for that, as you know. Yes. And, and, you know, I tried to make all my, I soldered all my things and put crimpers on there and put, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, we could talk about this topic for a long time. I think the other difference, um, like Jason said, and this was a compromise, right? Like, so my, my trolling motor has the link and I have a helix that I use for ice fishing too. So it is dual purpose. Mm-hmm. I have a helix seven, which is the smallest one you can get that works for the, the, the link. So, um, but the, the biggest difference, I think, and I thought it would not be that cool, but I have that follow the contour. So you have the link. And it's pretty sweet. I mean, I won't, I mean, like, is it necessary? No. It's pretty sweet, though. So that's the one. Really, that's what you get. At the end of the day, that's what you get with that. Yep. Is you are able to point at a contour, say, follow the contour, and fish. <laughs> and it just drives around the contour, and it's pretty stinking accurate. So I thought a lot about that, you know, because I, and I don't always, you know, so often when I fish, I don't follow the contour. So I do, but I don't. I'm I'm zigzagging. I always zigzag. I found I have the best luck when I, if I want 12 feet Mm -hmm. of water, I run 10 to 14. And and so I go into 10 and I come back out to 14. I'm just constantly crossing that 12 foot. If I think that's where they're at, that threshold. So that bait is coming off the shelf or on the shelf, off the shelf or on the shelf mm. versus just dragging along it. Now, again, I don't wouldn't say I know what I'm doing, but that's yeah. how I fish. And so that's how I talk myself out of spending another chunk of change. Cool. Yeah, and I usually like I'll just you'll run down one contour, you just point in the next one and you run back down it and you can, yeah. you, know, you can just kind of walk up or down. So and you can go across too. I just it's so easy to do that that's usually what i do is just do follow the contour yeah. and the one thing that we both have that like you said is the anchor the spot the lock spot lock oh my gosh i mean i haven't used an anchor since now right i mean i 
I still, what I still use though, is I still, I still swear by the old buoy. Oh, I'm telling you, but see, when that wall, when you hit the walleye, you know it's a walleye. That buoy is getting chucked out with the other arm, because. But I have a button that just says mark the spot, and then yeah, I can just drive my trolling Yeah, but then it, you're trying to, to find that little spot, throw that orange buoy out, and I that thing goes, and I know right where I caught that fish, and I can troll so, in circles around it till I'm tired of trolling in circles. But my trolling motor goes back to it automatically. I don't, I but don't I, it doesn't it. seem like it gets you right where you want, and you're you're looking. Mm -hmm. I, I've, it's not I've used precise it it enough works, for me. So. I'm still stuck. I got one mm. foot in both worlds yet. It it sounds like to me like <laughs> like it seems a little like old duffer mentality going nah, on. It there, works. So. It, it's low low budget, low tech, and I can see my buoy. Then uh, I can look out outside my... the boat versus staring at the screen inside the boat. Mm. Well, I just say go there, and then I don't pay attention, and it just goes there. Buoy or not the buoy, I am still going to go with I got electronics to that one. You, I don't even have them in my boat anymore. Um, all right, uh, we talked a little bit about set battery size. I do want to try a. Um, I would love to buy a lithium one. They're just like eight hundred dollars. They're coming down. I mean, there's some off-brand yeah. stuff that's coming down. Um, They're lighter and they don't lose power like the like. Yep. even the gel cell ones or whatever they like you said they, they do lose power as they get low um the lithium ones although once you're done i think once it's out it's out but it's trolling water you just use the other one um we talked about spot lock oh foot pedal this is an interesting one um i mean i've only had mine for two seasons i have yet to use the foot pedal. yeah i ever. but you're not a big bass fisherman I think a foot pedal is a bass thing, like when you're casting and you're you know con I don't do that. So, but if you're a true bass fisherman, you're going to use a cable one anyways. These ones with electric, I don't think you're using really? them. They're way too slow. Oh, is that what? Have you ever used the? I have no experience with yeah. those, so I don't. I couldn't tell you. So, so the the cable driven. If you look at most bass boats, because it's like a direct drive, right? Like, like. You can move your trolling motor. It's like a quick ratio. Think of like a slow car. When you turn the wheel, it takes... They're like super quick ratio, so you can like really fine-tune oh, control okay. the... And so, I mean, the electric ones work, but it's... You still have to wait for it to kind of swing its head around and stuff. It's a little slower. So, I I, I mean, somebody can tell me I'm wrong, but I, I think a true bass fisherman is going to use a, a cable-driven okay. one. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, we're far outside our expertise zone here. Yeah. Not that we have any but, expertise, but I mean, they wouldn't make them if people didn't use them. I mean, they're they're definitely different than like these electric ones that we've been talking about. Does yours have that lift assist on your Trova? Uh, I don't know. You'd, it's it goes up. Does and it down. have like a little box on it, like sticking out the top of it? I think you bought it the year before the lift assist came out. I don't know. Uh, I, it's the only one. It's the only Tarova one they make. Okay. I don't know whatever it has. Shaft length. So I think yours is longer than mine. I've got a fifty-five um, for my boat, which is not a big boat. It's a Lund Rebel, sixteen-foot Lund Rebel. Um, Ninety-nine percent of the time, it's fine. It does come out of the water sometimes in Malax, but that's only when the water's coming over the bow of my boat. So could I use a little longer one? Probably, but I think it's a. Is mine a sixty? 
Maybe mine's a 60. Or no, 70. Mine's not a lot. I don't know. It's it, They make like a... Mine's kind of the mid-sized one. They, do, they make a really long one. Mine's not the long one. But it, I would get the longer one if you can. Cause, I thought yeah. the one I got was going to be way too long for the boat. Yeah. But actually, um, I it's perfect. I mean, when I'm on Malax and it's rolling, it'll come out of the water. What I like is... It's just tall enough that from the back of the boat, I can see the head over the top sure. of the head of the person sitting in the front seat. Yeah. So I can tell which... Oh, gosh. Yours is really well, tall. Well, it, it sticks up maybe a foot and a half off the front of the bow. I, mean, mine is, I have mine to the bottom. Oh, no. Mine's up about a foot and a half. No, I have mine to and, the bottom. And I like that because I can see it over the head of the person yeah. in the front of the boat. Yeah, you must have a longer and my Yeah, I, I, maybe it's... I don't know. It, it it came off of like a Lund Taihe or something. Yeah, so that's probably a deeper. Um, My, and I thought I think you can cut them. There's a way to manu to to do that. But and I thought, well, I'm just going to run it for a season. Yeah. But it it actually works. And I did a contraption too. I mean, we could talk oh. about this forever. So I did a con. I was pretty proud of myself on this. So you needed a mount to stabilize the head on it. Yeah. So when you're going across the lake, and so. Yeah. You know, most of those are set up for boat newer boats that have rails or a little bit of a width there, yep. and I don't have that. And so I'm like, How am I, what am I going to do here? So I, I went into my garage where all things live, yeah. and I found <laughs> a yoke from my transom saver. The transom saver I bought for the boat had a yoke on both sides. I don't know what a yoke So is. a Y. Okay. Right? A Y with a little, yes. a little stem on it. So I have a okay. yoke. Okay, I can put some foam on that, and that can hold the shaft of the trolling motor. Uh, sure. Okay, now I need to attach this to the boat. So I'm looking around yep. on my shelf and I see a rod holder and from a, 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 oh. a base, a, a gunnel mount rod holder base, because I'd use the one that went yep. flat on the seat and I'd chuck the other yep. one up on the, on the wall where all things live. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've got the top and the bottom now. And then I am like, so PVC, have you ever done anything with PVC pipe? Yeah, so sure, PVC yeah. pipe, you can take, and so I had inch inch PVC pipe, and you can yep. hit it, heat it with a heat gun. Yep. And so then I heated it with a heat gun and formed it to go into that rod holder. And then okay. the end of that yoke had a square on it that was about an inch square. So then I formed the top of that to go into the top of the yoke. Sure. And then so then I attached the whole thing, screwed the rod holder to the gunnel of the boat, and I have this yoke with cool. a stem on it I can take in and out or put a fishing pole, run, put the rod holder cool. back in. And it cost awesome. Cost me zero dollars. Yeah, I guarantee that stuff is all expensive. <laughs> yeah, it was like a well, so I was looking it up, and it's like hundred and fifty yeah. bucks to try to put this, yeah. and it still wouldn't have worked for my boat. I would have had to manufacture yeah. something. So yeah, yeah, it was good because I don't have one on my. You I don't have really one should. I've heard stories where people be going across the lake and it's bumpy, and the thing will deploy. It's got a lock. Yeah, but if it, if you don't move the collar all the way down back because i leave the collar where it's set correctly so then if there i think ours were there's a lock there's a well the, the motor comes into the lock but there's accounts on a mm. bumpy lake of that if the mm. head gets you have a shorter shaft so maybe it's not yeah. as much of an issue huh. but it'll bounce enough that that locking mechanism will let go and that trolling motor will deploy and if you're going 30 mile an hour and that trolling motor deploys there's a whole lot of sadness yeah. going on huh yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it would compare, but it's possible, I suppose. Well, it does. Google uh, it up. It's a thing. 
Because, like, it's like a two-stage system to deploy. It's like a foot pedal you have to push down, and then you have to, yep. like, push down. Oh, maybe. Oh. I'm just telling you. My boat doesn't go 30, so well, maybe yeah. that's why. <laughs> I'm just just telling yeah. you why I did what I did because yeah no no I, I just I've looked you know, at them I, and they cost like a hundred bucks and I'm like eh. yeah <laughs> so you make one we can talk about next level and we can talk about trolling much for a long time but we had two other things um, that I thought about uh, have you seen the Altera yes it auto deploys that's that's the guys the boat ramp that just let the boat go into the water and it deploys itself and then it drives itself to pick them up. So like I thought it was gimmicky, right? Uh, it seems gimmicky, right? Except it's a safety item, because you know when you're when you have to crawl, go to your front of your boat to deploy your your trolling motor, and if it's rolling, it can be a little treacherous getting up there. But if you just push the button and it deploys, I I'm gonna say it's a safety item because then you can maybe put it on the list. Yeah, well, there. If you think a Tarova is expensive, these are not. I just cheap, don't know so. the world that I would allocate that much money to it and i'm glad people do but um oh, I, i'm not i'm not ever gonna do that i know i don't say never jay don't say never i would i don't all right I, you know i just know so the other thing to think about and this will be our final closing thought not that there's way more we talk about trolling motors and we both just talked about minkotas because that's what we have but there's other brands too um boat cover so think about that if you're getting a boat or thinking about putting a trolling motor on and you have a boat cover, think about how that's going to work. I already did that. I've got a, a yeah. quick release plate. I do too. So I just take but it But I also, I have a cover that was last year I got oh. a cover after I got my trolling motor and the trolling the cover goes over the trolling motor. Because, I mean, it's not like you can't take it off, but they're kind of a pain. I mean, even with the quick release, it's... It's a big wieldy thing to do. It is, with, right? Yeah, it's granted, not, it's not the easiest thing. So I, when I the first summer I got it, I think I was nervous about it, and I used to take it off. Now it's just locked on my boat, and you know, so be it if somebody saws all it off my boat, I guess. But, but yeah, it's nice to have it under the cover. So just something to think about if you have a cover already. Think about like quick release, right? Or, um, you know, if you are getting a boat, make sure they think about all that stuff. So. Well, we could talk about trolling motors forever, but, you know, we're, we're sitting about an hour 10 here. Jim. Yeah, time goes, <laughs> man. So so we do. you do have a legend for I, us, though, right, I Jay? do. I do have a legend. Um, it's not really, it, It's kind of a legend. So it happened this summer. So we were on our way up to vacation. And we are in the cities. And we get a call from my brother-in-law, who we go to on vacation with at a cabin. Uh, rented a resort up by Hackensack area. And he goes, hey, we just got a call from the resort. They don't have a cabin. They double booked. And the other family already checked in. So we're already four hours into an eight-hour trip. And there was no cabin. None. You know, so what, what, what can that guy do? He can't kick the other family out. You know, they're already there and unpacked. So um, we should have gotten up earlier, apparently. Um, so of course closer. I'm like, well, fine, we'll just buy a tent and tent camp for the week. And I was getting all sorts of pushback from the back seat where my daughter was and my wife, and she was not looking forward to that. I'm like, well, it'll be fun. It'll be cheaper too. And, uh, so no, no. So the resort owner tried to do his best. He, he called, uh, he was going to try to find a spot. And then I called a buddy of mine who had 
gone to a lake up there for years and he put me in touch with that resort and that guy didn't have an opening but he knew a guy who had a resort on this lake web lake who had had uh, a bunch of people several people cancel because of illness which we know is still a thing going on and called the guy up and he had um, a three-bedroom cabin with air conditioning on the lake with a dock available and this was saturday and i'm like we'll be there in four hours he's like okay so (laughs) you know my wife and sister-in-law god bless them are like well how many bathrooms does it have i'm like it's a bathroom i think it's got more than zero it has indoor plumbing (laughs) you know it had one which they thought was not quite as many as they would have liked but i found it perfectly acceptable from my sure. perspective you know it was a great cabin it had a great view a dock on the lake um and the guy saved our trip you know he by having a cabin and we were still 10 miles from where we normally go so it was all the same places we were able to eat at all the same restaurants and the ladies were able to do all the same shopping and i got to fish a whole new lake and had a had a really nice time um so the name of that resort i was going to share that because the guy was wonderful um and so I always like to give a shout out to people that, that do good work. Blue Water Resort on Webb Lake. And so I want to give a shout out to him for, for the time we spent there. He was, it was uh, really a, a nice guy. Uh, Rick uh, is the owner of that. Um, really stand-up guy, him and his wife. Nice people. So that was, we'll remember that for a long time, I tell you what, to be going on vacation and not have any lodging all of a sudden. In, you know, Ooh. in June... In Minnesota, trying to find yeah. a resort opening for six people, eight people, in the same cabin. You mm-hmm. know what are the odds? And not spend ten grand. Right. Yeah. You know yeah. this was a hundred within a hundred, couple hundred bucks of where we had stayed previously. And I will again say cool. that the other resort owner felt terrible, and he actually made up the difference and helped us out on that too. So, um, and I won't mention them because they're they're great people. It was just an honest mistake, and that happens sometimes. But we were uh, we did not did not ruin the trip amazingly, so. It sounds like a legend. It to was, me. yeah, so, it really was. Yeah. It was an interesting time. Cool. Well, for episode one, we uh, got in some good time, talked a little bit about ice fishing, but also a lot about fishing. I am looking forward to ice fish. I looked. I made eye contact with my shack the other day in storage, and it kind of whimpered <laughs> a little bit. And I said, "It's okay, buddy. We'll." So we'll be there soon. I saw the end of October is the first ice show coming up here. So we're so, gonna go to that. Uh, yeah, if you want to come up here, it's end of October. End of October. I don't think anything going on. Where's it at? I mean, uh, it's at uh, it's in Blaine. Blaine, okay, near my house. So. Okay. Yeah, you, you got to wait for the big show, Jay. Well, I mean, one can always do more than one ice show. <laughs> oh, I will. I'm sure. All right. <laughs> All right. Well. Um, Great first episode, and uh, that'll be wrap it up. Man. All right, tight lines. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet, where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye bye. Till then, signing off. Bye bye. Bye bye.